Today is day four of our Bible reading. Uh, we'll be continuing the story of Abraham as we go through the next five chapters of Genesis. And I apologize in advance. Um, as we get further into the Old Testament, there will be times where the names get very hard to pronounce, so please bear with me when we get there. Today, our reading will be Genesis chapter 16 through chapter 20. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. After Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarai took Hagar the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband Abram as his wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done me be upon you. I give my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your maid is in your power. Do to her what is good in your sight. So Sarai treated her harshly, and she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from, and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress, and submit yourself to her authority. Moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants, so that they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live to the east of all his brothers. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees. For she said, Have I even remained alive here after seeing him? Therefore the well was called Ber Lahai Roy. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Now when Abram was 99 years old, 
The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make, make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. To be God to you and to be your descendants after you. I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. God said further to Abraham, Now as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and you. And every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. A servant who is born in the house, or is bought with money from any foreigner, who is not of your descendants. A servant who is born in your house, or who is bought with your money, shall certainly be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people will come after her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man one hundred years old? And will Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael may live before you. But God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him, and will make him fruitful, 
and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. When he finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all the servants who were born in his house, and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's household, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the very same day, as God had said to him. Now Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael his son was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. In the very same day Abraham was circumcised, and Ishmael his son. All the men of his household, who were born in the house, or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. When he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him, and when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and bowed himself to the earth, and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Please let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourself under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread, that you may refresh yourselves. After that you may go on, since you have visited your servant. And they said, So do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah, and said, Quickly! Prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it, and make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd, and took a tender and choice calf, and gave it to the servant, and he hurried and prepared it. He took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared, and placed it before them, and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, There, in the tent. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child, when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. At this time next year, 
and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. Then the men rose up from there and looked down toward Sodom, and Abraham was walking with them to send them off. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed? For I have chosen him, so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom, while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike? Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham replied, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Suppose the fifty righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. He spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose forty are found there? And he said, I will not do it on account of the forty. Then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak. Suppose thirty are found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of twenty. Then he said, O oh, may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak only this once. Suppose ten are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of ten. As soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed, and Abraham returned to his place.
Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, as Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and bowed down with his face to the ground. Now he said, Behold, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house, and spend the night, and wash your feet, that you may rise early and go on your way. They said, however, No, but we shall spend the night in the square. Yet he urged them strongly, so they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he prepared a feast for them, and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may have relations with them. But Lot went out to them at the doorway, and shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now behold, I have two daughters, who have not had relations with man. Please let me bring them out to you, and do to them whatever you like. Only do nothing to these men, inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, Stand aside. Furthermore, they said, This one came in as an alien, and already he is acting like a judge. Now we will treat you worse than them. So they pressed hard against Lot, and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands, and brought Lot into the house with them, and shut the door. They struck the men who were at the door with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. Then the two men said to Lot, Whom else have you here? A son-in-law, and your sons, and your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, bring them out of this place. For we are about to destroy this place, because their outcry has become so great before the Lord, that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, and said, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he appeared to his sons-in-law to be jesting. When morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or we will be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated. So the men seized his hand and the hand of his wife and the hands of his two daughters, for the compassion of the Lord was upon him. And they brought him out and put him outside the city. When they had brought them outside, one said, Escape for your life! Do not look behind you, and do not stay anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains, or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, O oh, no, my lords, 
Now behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have magnified your loving kindness, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, for the disaster will overtake me, and I will die. Now behold, this town is near enough to flee to, and it is small. Please, let me escape there. Is it not small? That my life may be saved. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this request also, not to overthrow the town of which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the town was called Zoar. The sun had risen over the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But his wife, from behind him, looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Now Abraham arose early in the morning, and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the valley, and he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace. Thus it came about, when God destroyed the cities of the valley, that God remembered Abraham, and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot lived. Lot went up from Zoar, and stayed in the mountains, and his two daughters with him, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar, and he stayed in a cave, he and his two daughters. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and let us lie with him, that we may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down and when she arose. On the following day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink wine again that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites. To this day. As for the younger, she also bore a son, and called his name 
Ben-Ami. He is the father of the sons of Ammon to this day. Now Abraham journeyed from there toward the land of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. Then he sojourned in Gerar. Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night, and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is married. Now Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a nation, even though blameless? Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother? In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this. And I also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet. And he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not restore her, know that you will surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech arose early in the morning, and called all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were greatly frightened. Then Abimelech called Abraham, and said to him, What have you done to us? And how have I sinned against you, that you brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What have you encountered that you have done this thing? Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely there is no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she actually is my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And it came about when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, This is the kindness which you will show to me. Everyone, everywhere we go, say of me, He is my brother. Abimelech then took sheep and oxen and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife Sarah to him. Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Settle wherever you please. To Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, it is your vindication before all who are with you. Before all men you are cleared. Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maids, so that they bore children. 
For the Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the household of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. All right, so we have some interesting stuff going on today. So we come to chapter 16 where we meet Hagar. Now, to clarify a couple of things here, um, did Sarah Sarai do anything wrong by giving Hagar to Abraham? No. Um, in fact, at that time, um, according to how legal codes and marriage contracts were at the time, this was something that was completely acceptable for someone to do. If you owned a slave, they were like a form of property in many ways. And so this was Sarah's slave. So Sarah could do what she pleased um, by making Hagar a concubine for Abraham. And because she couldn't have any children of her own, she had used Hagar as like a conduit of that um, of the means to have children. And then you see a shift here once um, Hagar realizes she's pregnant, how she despises Sarai. And you see kind of a cowardly response from Abraham here. You know, he is the patriarch. He is the leader of his household. And he kind of does what he has always been doing and kind of is kind of cowardly in some ways. And he uh, he's like, well, you just do whatever you need to do with this girl and leave me out of it. And so um, Hagar's treated harshly. She runs away. And then she has an encounter with God in the wilderness. Now, this is the first time that we meant, it's mentioned here about the angel of the Lord. Now, this is what most um, scholars would identify as a theophany or a Christophany. A theophany is a manifestation of God, a physical visual representation of God in front of a human being. And so this is not an angel per se, but it's kind of like an avatar, if you will, kind of like a, an image of God in, in a more of a human form. And she, he has a conversation with Sarah, with uh, Hagar. And, you know, because he had made this promise to Abraham as part of the covenant, but also out of his great mercy and his love for Hagar, you know, he makes this um, claim of what kind of a man Ishmael was going to be. And just to be clear, he's called a wild donkey of a man. That was a compliment. That doesn't sound like one in our language, but it was praiseworthy because um, in English, in the English translation that I'm using, it's wild donkey, but the actual creature that, that is mentioned is one called an onager, or like a wild donkey. Um, in that part, it was, it was very admired and valuable animal um, and nearly untamable. So it was highly respected. 
and valued as an animal. So this was a, a compliment that he was going to be someone of, of strength. And he would live east of his brothers, which Ishmael is the father of the Arab people. So that's why both Muslims and Jews will claim that Abraham is their father, their patriarch, because they both came from Abraham. And wouldn't you know it, the um, Arab people do live east of, <laughs> of Israel. So uh, God, yet again, uh, speaking nothing but truth in everything that he says, and it never changes. So praise be to God. And she identifies him as the God that sees, El Roy. Um, and this is also one of many times we're going to see in the Bible where there's a superstition where if they claim that if you see God with your own human eyes, you'll die. But there's several people we're going to see in the Old Testament that think that, and it never happens. They never die, drop dead, seeing the angel of the Lord. So that's a superstition that was long believed to be at that time. And then we, uh, in chapter 17, when he establishes his covenant with Abraham through the means of circumcision, which um, is symbolic for this time period, um, but later on throughout the Bible it talks about the circumcision of the heart being the true form of the covenant. But he also calls himself God Almighty in verse 1. El Shaddai. A beautiful description of his infinite power. And um, it, it's in the in the Hebrew, it's kind of, it's like, it's the translation of the word mountain to where God is much higher than we are. That he's, compared to us, he is on a pedestal. He is on a mountain. He's at much greater heights than we ever are. So that's kind of that gives that illustration there. And he calls him to walk before him and be blameless, which is certainly something that we can apply to our lives today. Now, we see in chapter 18, we see a very interesting scene. We see another theophany here. We see another angel of the Lord experience where there's three men that go and meet Abraham at his tent. Two of them are angels, which we read further on in that they were identified as being angels. And then the third person was the Lord himself. How cool is that? I mean, he doesn't do that anymore, but just to think that he would manifest himself as the Lord in a physical presence and visit people like that is just, it blows the mind to think about it. But um, he went and... Uh, when Sarah was overhearing that she was going to get pregnant with uh, Abraham's child, you know, she laughed, right? And he, she, he, his response to her was something that is very precious to me. Um, why are you laughing? Like in verse 14, is anything too difficult for the Lord? 
just a few days ago, we were just talking about the creation of all things, and we talked, I I mentioned this verse, uh, there is nothing too hard for the Lord, and we limit him in our minds often, we make him very small in our expectation of him, but he is greater than we can even imagine. And we should never underestimate him, nor should we ever doubt his ability. And so, and then you see this very brave or foolhardy venture that Abraham does with bargaining with God, (laughs) thinking that, hey, you know, why would you wipe out this city if... There's 50 righteous people there. Okay, well, if there's 50 in there, I won't wipe it out. What if there's 45? And then just goes down and down and down till 10. It goes down to 10. If there's 10 people in Sodom and Gomorrah, I will spare them. I will spare that whole land for the sake of the few righteous. If I may be so bold, if you look in the news today, the world around us, it is just, it is chaos. It just reminds me of this very time period. It reminds me of Sodom and Gomorrah, the things that are going on, you know. You know, the lawlessness and the lack of human respect and the lack of appreciation for human life and anything goes, truth is whatever you want it to be. You know, you can be whatever gender you want. Abortion is totally okay. This is Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. And it makes you wonder, and I've thought about this often, is if we are that bad in this nation of America, why hasn't God wiped us out yet when he's totally justified in doing so? And I think it's for the same reason, honestly. I think it's because for the sake of the righteous that are in this nation, that he has spared it. I really do. And and it kind of lines up with this, where, you know, he, he confirms what Abraham said to him. He said, you know, far be it from you, Lord, to slay the righteous with the wicked and treat the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of the earth deal justly? It's not like Abraham convinced God. You know, he already knew what he was going to do. And he already knew that Abraham was going to say that. But it really is an eye-opener that God confirms the the statements that Abraham said. He does not deal with the righteous like he does the wicked. And he does act justly as the judge of the universe. And so I think for the sake of the righteous that still exist in this nation, he has spared us. And I just hope that our numbers would grow and that we would remain faithful as righteous people who need to share the gospel. And then we have chapter 19 where Lot brings in the angels and tries to protect them from this uh, 
homosexual crowd that want to sleep with these angels and it gets out of control very quickly and even though lot resisted you know with because it says here in uh in verse 16 because of the lord's compassion upon him and for the sake of abraham he rescued lot from that city and his wife and his daughters and he again he's <laughs> i guess it runs in the family that they like to bargain with god but he did the same thing well you told me to go to the mountains but i don't want to go to the mountains send me over to this town over here and they they let him and he ended up but where did he end up a few verses later he ended up in the mountains where god told him to be eventually you know from the beginning so he didn't listen but god was gracious with him and he had patience with him and isn't it great that he does with us too he doesn't treat us as our our sins deserve and he is patient and gracious with us as well and then we see this disgusting scene of uh um these daughters of lot who um were pledged to marry men who thought he was joking that the whole city was going to get destroyed so uh they didn't make it and you know that that mindset of all that sin that existed in those cities really poisoned their minds and were to the point where they thought it was okay to sleep with their dad and and have kids that way incest and um you know that's not ever okay it never has been in the bible and god has never said that it is something acceptable um except at the very beginning of you know adam and eve and after the the flood you know there were no other human beings so obviously you had to select from what was there and but after a certain point then it's not acceptable anymore and so uh that is certainly in our day certainly not acceptable to have incest uh be the thing and then finally um we see a familiar story because it happened a few chapters ago with abraham and another kingdom where he pretends that uh we're using the excuse that sarah sarah is his sister and and then they try to take her as a wife and she must i mean at this point she was over 90 years old and i guess she was still good looking you know middle age if you will and so good for her um but then the lord does something very different with this king than he did with pharaoh last time and i like what he says here because he has a repentant heart he says he's telling God this in a dream, saying, you know, in the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands, I did this. I had no idea that I was being tricked. And I didn't, this is not what I was trying to do. And God confirmed that with him. Yes, I know that what you did was this. And what's very interesting is what he says here. I kept you from sinning against me. You know he still does that today. 
And that's why he wants you to spend time with him. So obviously, in some way, this king of Abimelech was a believer of some kind because the Lord gave him protection from sin, not only for the sake of Abraham and Sarah, but also he does that with us today. You know, how are we able to combat sin? By our own strength, we can't. But he will give us the strength to resist sin. That's why you see scripture like the armor of God, for example. You get the shield of faith that deflects the fiery arrows of Satan. You know, we have a defense toward against sin and temptation, and that is all to do with God. So the closer we are to God, the more time we spend with him, the more devoted we are to him, the more protection we have. It's not impervious. We will make mistakes, not because God is imperfect, but we are. But we are equipped with the ability to resist evil and directly kill the sin in our lives through the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, then you see that Abraham is blessed after this as well. So, that is the end of the five chapters for today. And then we're going into the story of Isaac after this. So, I uh, very much have enjoyed this time. And uh, thank you for listening today. I'm Ryan, and I'll see you next time. Until then, take care, and God bless.